morning everybody it's wednesday can you believe it so we are going to go on with the word i'm just going to give a second or two for some people to come online see there's a couple of people starting to to view now good morning marietta it's nice to see nice to see you hello everybody uh okay so we're gonna talk a little bit about spirit and soul and body today so uh i want to start in romans chapter 8 so i think this is important because we need to good morning janine we need to be led by the spirit and uh, it's good to to understand something about how the spirit and the soul and the body connects so that we can know when we are led by the spirit and so that we can recognize him when he speaks to us all right so romans chapter 8 um i want to start here he says here verse 14 for all who are led by the spirits the spirits the spirit of god all who are led by the spirit of god are sons of god for the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry abba father okay so you have received not the spirit of slavery that the world has but you have received the spirit of adoption so the spirit producing sonship so this spirit in your heart will there will be an inner witness and this inner witness will you will just know that you know in the deepest part of you that you are a son okay so it says the spirit himself the holy spirit of god himself thus testifies together with our own spirit assuring us that we are children of god <clears throat> and if we are his children we are his heirs heirs of god fellow heirs with christ or joint heirs with christ okay so uh when you receive the gospel when you hear the gospel now we, we've spent some time on this galatians chapter 3 paul speaks to the galatians and he asks them this question he said did you receive the holy spirit by doing the works of the law or was it by hearing a message and believing it so the works that the body does does not produce the spirit part to receive anything it's just works that the body does okay so but how did you receive it did you hear a message or did you do works okay so hearing a message um the the message came to them they heard it and it entered into their hearts all right so before i continue i don't want to lose everybody you are a spirit soul body you are a human being which means that you are spirit soul and body so you have a spirit part you have a soul part and you have a body part well many body parts but part of you is body <laughs> body soul spirit spirit soul body all right so uh, the more traditional view of this in the pentecostal circle circles are you are a spirit and they get that from john chapter 3 i'll speak about that now 
you have a soul and you live in a body. But I disagree with that. You are spirit, soul, and body. James says this, the body without the spirit is dead. Okay? So if the spirit and the body is together, the soul can exist. Okay? And the soul is either aware of the, the spirit or the soul is either aware of the body. Okay? But you have three. You, you are all three at the same time. You live in three different, uh, how can I say, levels. All right. So, in the beginning, God created man. God created Adam. And he formed him out of the dust of the ground. So, that's just body. There's Adam, fully formed but he didn't have life in him. So God breathed his life into his nostrils. So he didn't speak him into being like he spoke everything else into being. He breathed into his nostrils. nostrils. And the Bible said, and he stood up a living soul. Not a dead soul, a living soul. All right, so sometimes uh, we need to just pay attention to little things like that because the Spirit of God came into him and gave him life. That's the, the word breath. So he received natural life. He received life from God. And he was a living soul. So that living soul had a body and had a spirit. But he was aware in his soul part. So uh, your body gives you information through your five senses. And through your five senses, your body learns of what goes on around you. All right? And it feeds those things to you through your brain. Okay? Your soul has spiritual senses that can be awakened and, and developed, but your spirit is but your spirit is an unseen part. Okay? So if you're not aware of your spirit then whatever your spirit perceives in, this, in the supernatural realm, you will, you will not be aware of it. Okay, so for instance, if something happens to the five senses of your body or to the brain that feeds all those information to your soul, you will not be aware of it. Then you might be aware of all kinds of things in the spirit maybe, but not aware of the stuff that is on the earth. So, so um, there are certain people that are... Uh, in hospitals that can't see, they can't hear, they can't walk, they can't do anything, they're sitting there, they are alive, they are aware, but they're just not aware of what's going on around them because their senses are not working. Or maybe one of the senses, maybe they have touch, maybe they have smell or taste, maybe they have a little bit of hearing or something, but, but the awareness can't be completely of everything around them in the natural because there's their senses are inhibited in some way. Now, it's the same in the spirit. You will not be aware of what is in the spirit if your spiritual senses are not awakened and if there's no communication between the spirit and the soul. So the soul is where you make your decisions. The soul is where you have your, your emotions. It's where you hold a grudge or forgive it's where you turn or not. It's, 
It's that part of you that has a will, is your soul. All right? So, and the soul can either go over to the spirit part and become aware of what's in the spirit, or the soul can be completely dominated by what's in the natural. Okay? So, you can, there's a, there's a spiritual and there's a natural. Now, if your, your soul is completely dominated by the natural, you turn towards the natural and you're not aware of the spiritual, then uh, the, 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 the content of your soul is basically determined by all the things that you hear and see around you, all the advertisements and all the stuff you hear on the radio and what your teacher told you when you were small and all the stuff that you remember. And sometimes even your memories are skewed, but you, in your thinking, have certain memories and it's real. Okay? So, and that causes certain, certain emotions to come up, which, which feeds a certain way of thinking. And so people develop all kinds of uh, complexes, or people develop all kinds of, um, how can I put it, like uh, compulsive uh, habits and all kinds of things. And it all happens because of what has fed the soul and what the soul is aware of. All right. So um, if there's a constant meditation on, on things and, and the dominating emotion is, is one of sadness, then it will, it will start to influence, it will bring certain patterns, it will start to influence the brain and the, the perception of how everything is perceived. So all the information that's coming in into the, the soul also is now filtered by this worldview which causes you to only attract the information that is conducive to kind of sustain your opinion and sustain the way you see things, all right? So if people are joyful, everything looks joyful to them. If people are sad, everything looks sad to them, okay? If people are religious, <laughs> everything is viewed through religion. So we have these filters, and that exists in this natural part, okay? But if that happens, if we, are, if we are busy in this way that I just described, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15 says, A veil lies in the hearts and minds. So if people are busy with the natural, with works alone, okay, there's a veil on the heart and mind. Okay, so now there's a veil. So on the inside, there's, there's a veil. So I can't see what's going on in the spirit. Okay? So I can't think and perceive or have really an inner witness. I can't be led by the Spirit because the Spirit can't properly communicate to me because there's a veil, and there's a veil because I'm looking at works and I'm looking at myself. All right? But then it says in 2 Corinthians 3.16, it says, When a person turns in repentance to the Lord, so in your awareness in your decision-making capability in in the you know the in the you part of you <laughs> in what you are aware of your will you turn away from all the influences of the natural and you turn to the lord the veil is stripped off and you start to see more and and then it says but the lord is the spirit so we need to turn to the lord now you have a spirit so you have the ability to hear in the Spirit. You have it. 
You were born with it, you were made with it. But because of all the influences, that veil just becomes thicker and thicker and thicker, and you get less in and less and less input from the spirit. Now, some people use their spirit part to tune into all kinds of other spirit stuff that's not from God, that's from a spiritual realm, but not of the glory realm of God. And yeah, then those influences, you know, uh, then they start to contact all kinds of other spirits that we don't want to contact. All right, so... But when we turn to the Lord, who is the Spirit, the veil is stripped off and we start seeing and hearing. So when we turn to the anointing, to the Spirit of God, we start seeing and we start seeing clearer and clearer and clearer. Okay, so now Romans chapter 8 says, We have not received the spirit of slavery to put us into bondage. And the spirit of slavery will put our attention on all the natural stuff. Okay? And it will cause you to be blind. But we have, co- we have received the spirit causing sonship, the spirit of adoption, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. And those who are sons, led by the spirit, are sons. Okay. So it says, uh, our spirit testifies together with God's spirit that we are sons of God. So God's spirit now comes, he's connected with your spirit, like milk and coffee, it's together, and it's not going to testify together. So now you have an inner witness that receives information from the Holy Spirit himself. Okay, so you will walk into a place and you will just know, we need to buy this place. Okay, how? I don't know. Is it like a vision you saw? Probably not. Is it like an audible voice? Can be, but mostly not. It's just an inner knowing. It's just a witness. Okay? So how do I know I'm doing the will of the Spirit? Well, let's just read the Bible and do the Bible. It's simple. Okay? So, but if you're going to go stray outside of what His will is, there's an inner witness. He says, wait, stop. Mm-mm. So inside you, there's this witness that is constantly connected to the Holy Spirit. He testifies together with you that you are a son of God. Okay, which means sons of God are led by the Spirit, which means that inner witness will tell you, yes, this is it. That inner witness will tell you, it will not dominate you. That inner witness will tell you, no, don't speak to that person. No, don't buy that car. It's going to give you trouble. Just walk away. Just don't go to that party. Or it will tell you, pick up the phone and phone. You will just have this knowing you have to phone this person now. Have you ever experienced that? You think about this person, you think about, and then suddenly you really think you need to call this person now. Okay? Do it. Listen to those things. Okay? It's not just you having a thought. It's the inner witness of, the God, of, of, of God. So it's the spirit of sonship testifying together with your spirit, giving you guidance, leading you. All right? So now, uh, yeah, uh, you can be born again, born by the spirit. That's when the spirit of God comes and is connected with your spirit, and your spirit part is fully saved. You have received the spirit of God. You have received the gospel, which is the seed word of God. We've spoken about that at length, but I want to read you two scriptures. One is in John chapter 1. It says here, As many as did receive and welcome him, speaking of the word, the person, 
He gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become children of God or sons of God. That is to those who believe on his name. So according to Galatians chapter 3, receiving the Holy Spirit, meaning those who believed the gospel. Same as in Acts chapter 10, verse 43-44, they trusted in him. Uh, he's, he's just preaching to them, no, the prophets testify that all who trust in him receives forgiveness of their sins, and while they were yet listening to the message, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. Okay, while he was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. Okay, so, so, so this is the one scripture. First, uh, it's John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as did receive and welcome him, the word, the message, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in his name, who owe their birth neither to blood nor, nor to the will of the flesh, that of a physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but to God. They are born of God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. So they are born of God. So the spirit part is born of God. All right. So... Uh, I just want to also read First uh, Peter chapter 1. It says, uh, verse 18, You must know that you were redeemed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers. Referring to outward works, traditions, uh, rituals, and all kinds of things. Not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ. All right? So that's the message. It's the blood of Jesus, the message that we need to believe to be born again. Then it says, verse 23, you have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin or a seed, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. Same as in first, uh, in John chapter, the apostle, John's gospel, verse 12 and 13. Okay, now it says, um, so, you have been born again from an immortal seed or sperm, from the ever-living, lasting Word of God. And it says here, all flesh is like grass, His glory like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower drops off, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. And this Word is the good news which was preached to you. Now, if we go to John chapter 3... Um, and I can see why people see it this way, but I see it differently. It says, um, Jesus said to Nicodemus, right? Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and said to him, We know that you must be from God because no one can do these signs and these wonders and these miracles unless God is with him. Uh, and Jesus says, verse 3. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a person is born again and new from above, he cannot ever see the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is a spiritual thing. The kingdom of God is not a natural kingdom that's going to be set up in Jerusalem. It's never going to happen that way. Unpack your bags. Those doctrines are not, are not true. Okay? It says he cannot ever see the kingdom. So you have to be able to see in the Spirit and be born of the Spirit so that you can, the veil be lifted so that you can see the stuff of the kingdom. Okay, so why must you see it? Because Jesus says, I only say what I 
hear from my Father, and I only do what I see from my Father. So if, so if Jesus couldn't see spiritual senses, in the Spirit, he couldn't do the miracles. But if you can see in the Spirit, you can do the miracles. You see what the Father is doing, and you just do that. Because the Father is testifying together with him, walking with him. He said, John chapter 10 and John chapter 14, Jesus said, If you don't believe my words, at least believe the works that I do, because it's the Father that testifies with me, with these works. All right. So now, Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter his mother's womb again? And be born. So he's referring obviously to the natural birth. Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the spirit, uh, most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Okay, so the water is called the spirit in John, um, John chapter 7, verse 37. Jesus said in the last day of the feast, he stood up and cried in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. And from his belly will flow, you know, if he drinks the water that I give him, he will never thirst again. And from his belly will flow rivers of living water, speaking of the spirit, which would later be poured out. So we know now that the Holy Spirit is poured out. Okay, has the Holy Spirit been poured out? Yes, in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10. And all over the world in different places there were outpourings. Of the Spirit. Okay, so the Spirit is poured out. So that means if you come to Jesus now, if you turn to Him, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 15, 16, uh, then rivers of living water will flow from your belly. Okay, so you become a source, a well of living waters flowing from your innermost being. Okay, so. You must be born of the spirit and water. It doesn't refer to the natural birth of water when your mom says, okay, uh, my water broke and we've got to go to the hospital. No, it says we have to be born of water and even spirit. Water and even spirit. Okay, so I want, I want to, to connect those as, as one concept. Water being a description of the spirit and the way it functions and the spirit. He cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Now he says, keeps on speaking of, he never speaks of the water again. So he doesn't speak, he only keeps on speaking of the spirit. So it must be referred to the spirit. Verse 6, what is born of the flesh is flesh, and of the physical is physical, and what is born of spirit is spirit okay so the six king james that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit okay so i want you to see this so if you want to see the water birth as the flesh birth because it's mentioned here fine that's fine okay i just connected with john seven thirty-seven. all right so now that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. He did not say he who is born of flesh is flesh. He who is born of spirit is spirit. He said that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. With other words, the body is born of flesh. The spirit is born of spirit. 
that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Okay. Okay, so um, maybe the, the idea of the water being the water that broke can fit in there. Okay, that's fine. But it says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not, do not be surprised and astonished at my telling you, you must all be born anew from above. The wind blows, breathes where it wills. And though you hear its sound, you, never, you neither know where it comes from nor where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Why? You don't see where they come from. You don't, they come from an unseen realm. They're born from above. Not born from 10,000 meters above planet heaven. No. He's born of a, an unseen realm that is a higher realm. Higher in authority. Higher in dignity. Higher in, in, in spirit. It's a spiritual realm. From above. There are those who may, the spirit part is from the lower spirit realm. Okay, but not from the higher one. So when, when uh, Adam got the knowledge of good and evil, subjected everything to frailty, uh, and everyone received death. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, and from Moses to Christ, uh, the law reigned, but it's still the knowledge of good and evil. So everyone's spirit had the spirit of slavery, keeping them in bondage. But now he says you have to be born again. So what is the picture there? You die, you're raised to a new life. So the spirit of slavery is buried and you're risen to unbroken fellowship with the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So that's why many people get filled with the Holy Spirit um, or even baptized in the Holy Spirit in, through baptism. Sometimes it happens before the Natural water baptism, and sometimes after you can't put God in a box. Okay, right. So, you must be born again. Your spirit man must receive the spirit of Christ. How will that happen? It will happen by you hearing and believing the gospel. Okay? Because the gospel is not a natural message. It's a spiritual message. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, Romans 1 verse 16. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, my words were not in human eloquence, persuasive words of human uh, eloquence, but my words were in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power, stirring in the minds of my hearers, most holy emotions, and thus persuading them. So the hearer, he hears the gospel, the spirit moves in the soul part. And you start to experience the stuff of the spirit. And if you believe it, if you're persuaded, that means faith is to be fully persuaded. If you're persuaded of the message you hear, you receive the one that speaks the message. You receive the spirit that comes with the message. So now your soul is now filled with the spirit of that message. Okay, so, so you're, 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 you receive that spirit. Your, your spirit man is now born from the Spirit. As you hear it, it goes into your heart. It goes into your unseen part. You receive the Holy Spirit. Bam! Your spirit man is now connected with God's Spirit. Born again, holy, perfect. So you will experience something of the Spirit in your soul. So now you are born again. But now life goes on. And now you 
keep on living as you were living, but suddenly you feel in your heart, this is wrong. Okay? So now God touches the conscience with the word. And he says, hey, don't do that. Okay, I won't do that. So it's no, no longer an external law. It's an internal law. So now for us to figure out that this thing that's trying to stop this inner witness is actually the Holy Spirit talking to us. And when we obey, we hear more. We hear clearer. And it gets clearer. Why? Because our awareness shifts from, we don't get all our information from the natural anymore. It starts shifting to the Spirit. And the more it shifts to the Spirit, everything is clearer and clearer and clearer. And the veil is lifted and lifted and lifted until you see perfect. Okay? But still, where you have that experience is in your soul. So your soul is also unseen. But your soul can be dominated with influences from the natural, or your soul can be dominated with influences from the Spirit. All right? So... The more I listen to what the Spirit says, the more I will experience the Spirit in my soul. So your soul needs to be filled with the Spirit. Even though your spirit is born again, even though your spirit is, is full of God's Spirit, and it can never be, uh, the Spirit can never be taken away from your spirit, man. Your soul, man, you can, you can have the Holy Ghost in your spirit, but... You, you can watch all kinds of rubbish with your natural eyes and you'll fill your, your soul with, uh, with desires that stirred up by that stuff. And that's exactly what Paul describes in Romans chapter 7. He says, the law says don't do it, but then, you know, the desire came to do it because sin uses the commandment as an opportunity <laughs> to express sin. So, uh, so people keep on opening up themselves to evil influences which causes an experience on the, in the inside, in the soul dimension, and they feel stuck again. And they kind of feel a manifestation of that spirit of slavery. But they don't have the spirit of slavery. They have the spirit of God. So that's why they're inside them there's turmoil, because now there's two influences competing. Okay, God doesn't want to compete. You belong to him. You were bought with a price. You are not your own. All right. So it's, it's time for us to give our full attention to God and to rather have a veil on us to, the, to that side. Rather be clueless to, to all the influences from there. So you're not supposed to get your influences from the natural realm. You're supposed to get your influences from God's spirit so that you can have an influence on the natural so it's not supposed to be that you, uh, you, you know, you, you get all your information there, and now that influences the spirit. God's spirit can't be influenced. God's spirit is God's spirit. Your soul can be influenced. So that's why, when we talk about the renewal of the mind, it's your soul that needs to be renewed. Okay. So where do you experience? You experience in your soul. So your, your spirit can be one with God's spirit and yet not experience it. Why? Because your soul is not looking at it. You're not aware of it. Okay? So what you need, your soul was designed for the Holy Spirit to move in, to dwell in. And for you, so you, your soul, need to dwell there in the secret place. You get your influences there. And then he dwells in you. Where's the in you? 
in your soul. He manifests in your soul. Your spirit's already one with him. So, but you experience him when your soul awakens to the fact that your spirit is full of God's spirit. Okay? And when that spirit starts to influence your soul, your soul becomes filled with the spirit of God. So that may be a foreign concept for people, but God wants to fill you with the spirit from the inside out. Your, your spirit part already has the spirit. Your soul part now needs to have a manifestation or an experience of the spirit so that your body can be touched by the spirit. Okay? So I just want to read you a couple of scriptures. I know we're going over the time, but, you know, so what? Okay, so in Acts chapter 2, they were, f- let me just jump, run over it for time's sake. In Acts chapter 2, they're all in one place in one accord, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire divided and sat upon each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started speaking in other tongues. All right? So what happened? They were so overcome by the Spirit of God that it took over everything that they were aware of, and it started manifesting in their body through the speaking of tongues. Okay, so this, the Spirit of God touched the soul and the Spirit of God touched the body. Okay, so Acts chapter 4, they were arrested for healing a lame man in Acts chapter 3. And uh, they wanted them to stop preach, uh, speaking in the name of Jesus. And they said, well, it's good to you to that we obey you rather than God. You must decide for yourself. But we can't help but to testify of what we saw and heard. And um, then they started praying, and Peter said, God, see their threatenings. Now grant to your servants boldness to speak your word fearlessly um, while you stretch out your hands with signs and wonders and miracles. Okay, so, and they, uh, verse 31, and they, when they had prayed, the place in which they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with freedom and boldness of courage. Now I ask you, if they were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts Uh, chapter 2, how could they be filled again with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 4? Well, simple. You you can be filled every day over and over again. So it's better to remain filled. Okay? So, but the spirit part never lost the spirit. He never departed from them. It's their soul that were filled. So their soul was... Full of him, full of so that in such a way that you could see the spirit moving on them when you looked at their bodies. Okay, so when there's a there's a born again eternal thing that happens, the spirit of God uh, fills your spirit, and that can never change. You're fully saved in your spirit, but every now and then you have to be filled in your soul with the spirit. Your soul needs to be filled and overflow with the Holy Spirit. And if your soul is filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit, people will see the Spirit in your body, in your actions. They will see the anointing on your life. All right? Okay. So Acts chapter 15, I think. 13. Just listen to this. He says here. Verse um, 51, but the apostles shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled throughout their souls with joy and the Holy Spirit. Do you see that you can be filled in your soul with the Holy Spirit? So, and that's what what we need to get. That's the renewal of the mind, to be filled in your soul with the Holy Spirit. 
So now, it's not you thinking in your mind, it's the Holy Spirit thinking in your mind, because your soul is filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, this is, in view of the mercies of God, we beg of you uh, uh, to... To give your bodies as a living sacrifice. It says, let me just read it because I'm quoting it wrong. It says, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in, in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So it's spiritual worship when you use your intelligence to submit your body to the Spirit. So now your, your mind is intent to do the things of the Spirit. Your body is uh, on purpose submitted to the Spirit. It's spiritual worship because now everything is submitted to the Spirit. Verse 12, do not be conformed to this world. With other words, don't get your information from out there in the natural Fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, changed. By the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. But first, you need to dedicate your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. With other words, your soul now governs your body, and your body doesn't govern your soul. Your body doesn't tell you, oh, I don't want to pray because I'm now too tired. You say to your body, you're going to pray now because the Spirit of God wants to pray now. Okay? Your body doesn't tell you, oh, I want to... No. You say, body, listen to the Spirit of God. Body, now you lay your hands on the sick. Bam, the Spirit flows through the body and heals the sick. Body, you now do this. Okay? So you do that. How do you do it? Oh, well, uh, you make a decisive dedication uh, and which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service. So your intelligence is now submitted to the Spirit. How does that happen? Your soul is filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? So you need to be filled through all your being. You need to be filled in your soul dimension with the Holy Spirit so that your body can be touched by the Holy Spirit and so that everyone who is touched by your body can be receive healing or can receive an infilling. The apostles went and laid hands on the people, hands on the people, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit was manifesting in their bodies. Okay, so Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, is this, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you, where is that you? In your soul. If he dwells in you. Not if you're born again and if you, your spirit is connected with God's spirit. No. If that same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells, lives, moves about in you. as you, That's his home, is you. In your soul. He thinks in you. He moves you. Then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal bodies through the Spirit who now dwells in you. So it starts with you receiving the Holy Ghost in your spirit, being born again. And then comes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You are filled in your soul, baptized, immersed. Your whole being is immersed in the Holy Spirit, saturated with the Holy Spirit. 
Okay? So that starts then to change your will, change your tongue. It's the first thing that it touches. Okay? He starts speaking in tongues. All right? And what's the effect of it? Speaking in tongues is a gift that opens up all the other gifts and the rivers of living water start flowing from your belly. And there's an, there's an influence from within to the natural around you. So now it's not the natural that scares you. Oh, there's so many people, sick people, I'm scared. No, no, no. Now it's the rivers flowing out and you lay your hands on the sick and you influence it. You bring healing to many people. God manifesting in you. He saves you from the inside out. So that's why works of the law can never do anything for you. Because from the outside, there's nothing to put in. Because the law is not of faith. And God is spirit. If you want to associate with him, you need faith in the word that the spirit speaks. That's your only connection to the spirit of God, is faith. All right? So... um, Check of the hiding work, it like my is off. Spill up your phone. Okay, awesome. All right, so there's some other stuff that I wanted to say. Second, First Corinthians chapter 2, it says, The natural, non-spiritual man does not accept, verse 14, uh, or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are meaningless nonsense to him, because his brain cannot receive anything from the Holy Spirit. So he doesn't understand it. He's incapable of knowing them because they are spiritually descent. So you need the Holy Spirit to understand the thoughts of the Spirit. Now he says, but the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires, questions all things. Yet he's himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him. For who has known and understood the mind of the Lord? As to know, as to instruct him and give him knowledge. Okay. But we have the mind of Christ. So isn't the mind part of the soul? We have the mind of Christ. So what is Christ? The anointing, the spirit, the mind of the spirit. And do hold the thoughts and the feelings and purposes of his heart. So that means your soul dimension needs to be fully filled to the overflow every day with the Holy Ghost, so that his mind can be your mind, so that his emotions can be your emotions. He says here, I quoted it before, verse 4, stirring in the minds of my ears, most holy emotions, and thus persuading them. Verse 4, and I amplify. Okay. Okay. So, I just want to read also from verse 6. He says, when we are among fully grown spiritually mature Christians. Okay, so spiritually mature means there must be growth. There must be a a progression in manifestation. So, but when you receive the Holy Spirit, your spirit is fully saved. So that means it's it's not your spirit that's growing. It's not your spirit man that's growing. You're not feeding your spirit man. It's your soul that needs to be renewed. It's your soul that needs to grow. You grow in grace in your soul. You grow in faith in your soul. right? You grow in the manifestation of the Spirit in your soul. So don't just reject the soul and say the soul is natural. The soul is not natural. The soul is the canvas. The soul is the projective screen. So which, which movie is going to show on it? The natural or the spiritual? Okay? So that's how I always, 
explained it. It's like you're just a white projector screen. So if you turn this way, there's this projector projecting one movie on you. If you turn that way, there's that projector projecting a movie on you. So the, the soul is just a clean canvas. So what are you aware of? What are you turning to? What are you showing to? What are you giving your attention to? That's what's going to manifest. And that's what we're talking about, the manifestation. He says, uh, when we are among fully grown, spiritually mature Christians, with other words, people who are manifesting the Spirit, people in whom the Spirit of God dwells, people that you can see they are filled with the Holy Ghost. You can see it. It's not unseen in the Spirit alone. It's, it's, it's becoming more and more seen in the soul dimension. Okay? Who are ripe in understanding. We do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. But it is indeed not a wisdom of the present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and who are doomed to pass away. So it's not a natural lower demonic wisdom, if you read James chapter 3. But rather what we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification. So there's a wisdom of God that brings glory to you, man. To lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age or this world perceived and recognized and understood this. For if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. So it had to be kept hidden from them. Otherwise, they would not have crucified him. The blinding effect of the law had to be there. Otherwise, they would never have crucified Jesus. And they had to crucify Jesus. And after they crucified Jesus, the forgiveness was first preached to them who crucified him. All right? Verse 9. But on the contrary, as the scripture says, what I has not seen, so it does not come from the natural. It's not input from the natural. And ear has not heard, not natural. And has not entered into the heart of man. So it's stuff that's previously unknown to man. You have not experienced it. You have not thought of it. It's not something that has entered your heart. All that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him. Oh, wow. Romans 5 is 5. The hope does not ashamed us. For the love of God has been shed in our hearts, shed abroad in your hearts, through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So if you have the love of Christ, if you love Him, all these things are reserved. All these things are now yours. Okay. It says, God has prepared it, kept it ready. Okay, now we've read a couple of weeks ago in Second Timothy 1 verse 9 and 10. So is this purpose and grace that God has given to us before Kronos, before time, before he even created it. He's, all, he's already prepared it and made ready for us. Okay. For those who love him. Okay. Who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits. Okay. Verse 10. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them. By and through his spirit. So you receive the spirit in your spirit man. Then the spirit in your spirit man starts to reveal it to your soul man. And so that you can know it. He, yet to us God has re- unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. So now his spirit is inside you. And that spirit now starts communicating with you in your soul. Okay. So that you can know it. So that you can experience it. 
For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring, examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God. So now that profound and bottomless things of God is now been placed inside you and revealed to you so you can know it in your soul. Okay? The divine counsels and things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. For what person perceives, knows, and understands what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him? Just so. No one discerns and comes to know and comprehend the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Okay, so the thoughts of God is only, is only come through the Spirit of God. So you're not going to have God's thoughts if the Spirit of God is not there. So, how are you going to think in your, your, your thinking part is your soul part. Your thinking part is your soul part, the thoughts dwelling in you. So your thinking part needs to be renewed, the renewal of your mind. How is that going to happen? By your mind being filled with the mind of Christ. With your, by your soul being filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay. The thoughts of God accept the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit that belongs to the world, but the Spirit who is from God given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessings, blessings of freely lavishly bestowed on us by God. We are setting these truths forth not in words taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit. He explained it earlier. The words are actually from the Spirit. It's powerful. It's a different quality word. It's a different vibration. And it imparts the Holy Spirit as it is heard. Combining interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. Okay. So if you have the Holy Spirit, if you have revelation, more will be given. Yesterday's message. But if you don't have him... Romans 8 says, if you don't have the Spirit of God, you're none of his. If you don't have the Spirit of God, even that which you have will be taken away. All right. So we need the Holy Spirit, not only in your spirit part, but the Holy Spirit needs to take over your soul part so that it can manifest in your body part from the inside out. Okay, so I hope this, this helps. I hope this uh, has, has given you some perspective on all of this. Um, don't banish the Spirit of God only to the spirit part of your being. Uh, let the Spirit of God take complete control of everything in you. Okay, so I'm going to give you some homework. We're 20 minutes over the time. Go read Ephesians chapter 3. Be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. Amen. <laughs>